Welcome back to Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block. Thank you so much for joining today. We had an amazing episode with Heather Shannon. She is a sex therapist. She has a podcast called Ask a Sex Therapist, and she is all things therapist and sexual therapist, and she has so much insight, and she's going to talk to us today about things you can do to be better prepared to have good sex. I'm talking being mindful. I'm talking doing some breathing. I'm talking about asking your partner what they want. Simple things that you can do to make your brain and your sexual experience happier. So excited for you to listen to this episode. If you have any questions for our guest, she has a podcast. You can reach out to her. No, but I'll put the link in the show notes. And let me know if this is a type of content that you're looking for, different tips and tricks. If this area of sexuality and things like that are of interest to you, please let us know and send a link, uh, set, use the link in the show notes to fill out a survey. Cause that really helps us with all topics because we want to basically serve you as best we can. And it would make a big difference if you could just spend a minute filling out a survey. And if you have something really positive to say, feel free to use our link to put a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast you're listening to. All right, enjoy the episode. Cheers. I have a sex therapist and expert, and <laughs> I've called her Holly, and I'm so embarrassed. I'm, we started this interview 15 minutes late. Well, no, I was six minutes. Was I mean, five. I was six. Yeah, five. it was not okay, very five. Um, You know, in school, we used to have this rule, like if the teacher didn't show up, um, I think it was like 10 minutes. That you oh, could go, yes. you could leave, right? I don't know totally. if that was an official rule or was that a kid thing? Yeah, was that probably a kid thing. Yeah, right. So yeah. I am so lucky that Heather Shannon uh, was patient with me this morning as we kind of get started, and <laughs> I am so excited. I've been listening to some of your episodes and kind of getting ready, prepping for the the show, and we we just talked about like what is the, the relationship between mental health and sex, and obviously it's a huge topic. Yeah, but could we just start by talking about like just our basic attitude what are the attitudes of sex that are maybe healthy to start with that hmm i like that nice to start with the positive <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm so used to going the other way with um you know what we're trying to undo but yeah i think that an attitude of just like respect for yourself and the other person you know um an attitude of curiosity i think is super helpful like Sometimes people go into sex and think like they kind of know everything or like talk a good game, you know, and instead I think realizing like, I maybe don't know this person or even if I, even if it's like your spouse of 20 years or something, it could be like, you still don't know how this particular sexual interaction is going to go. Maybe the moods are different. Maybe your bodies are different. Maybe your hormones are different, you know? So just like bringing some curiosity, I think can be super helpful. And then consent. I think consent is just like a foundation of everything. And, you know, it's been interesting doing the work I do that, again, even in long-term relationships and marriages, you still need to like make sure everyone's on the same page and feeling like safe and relaxed because that's going to create the foundation for really exploring freely and having fun and trying new things and really having this sort of diverse, you know, connective, exciting sex life. So let's just go the opposite then. Okay. <laughs> we know what we know what the ultimate goal is. And right. on this show, a lot of things that we talk about is like mindfulness and um just being present, um, yeah. journaling, 
all these things that we talk about. And I'm sure a lot of people when they're journaling are talking about, you know, some of their sex life or the things that they're challenged with or things like that. What are some things that people who might have, I don't know, some issues with some of their mental health, what are some of the challenges they have with their attitude towards sex? Yeah. Um, The first one that's popping in my mind is like body image. So I would say most of us have some kind of, you know, body insecurity or just body thoughts that pop in our minds and it's different for everyone. But, you know, I think for a long time it was, you know, oh, women, you know, we're so hard on women's bodies and, you know, women really struggle with body image, but I see it regardless of gender for sure. You know, it could be like, you know, I have male clients that are like, oh, I feel chubby. You're like, oh, I got to like, you know, get a hair transplant or like, oh, like I'm just a short guy or something, you know? Um, so everyone's kind of got their different things, you know? Mm. And so I think just the more <laughs> really like the more we can get to a place where that, you know, we're just accepting ourselves, the more we can have fun. And so for me, realizing that, realizing like focusing on anything that I'm perceiving as quote unquote wrong with my body is not only taking away my fun, it's actually also kind of taking away my partner's fun. Mm. And so just to start to reframe it that way and be like, this is not doing anyone any good. So what if I just kind of stop feeding the beast in a way? So it's like when I notice my mind going there, it's like, okay, I'm just going to choose not to engage with that and like refocus on, you know, being present. What are my senses experiencing? You know, looking in the eyes of the other person, which which can also be intense for people. So I get that. But maybe a little bit, even like brief eye contact um, and bringing yourself back into the moment. I mean, I think thinking about that so much is like flipping it around is like what, you know, what do you love about yourself? What are the things that you're, you're yeah. really proud of and trying yeah. to bring that to whatever situation is? Because yeah, we all have imperfections. And I know a lot of people listening have, you know, they think, oh, I have, like you said, I'm chubby or I have this or that, mm-hmm. but how can we flip that around? Like I was saying, because people appreciate the different things that you might think are defects that, that they might really appreciate, yes. right? A hundred percent. And I think if we could like see ourselves more through our partner's eyes, um, we'd all probably feel a whole, a whole lot better. Now, was there a, a particular reason or that got you into doing this type of work? Cause you're a mental health therapist, right? So right. You're, you're trained in general, not general, but in, have a, yeah. do you have a licensed therapy? What degree do you have? It's like, yeah. So, so interestingly enough, I have a master's in school counseling. So I was a high school counselor for six years, but I went back and took a few extra classes mm-hmm. and then I got, um, uh, to be a licensed clinical professional counselor in Illinois. And so that allowed you to do a private practice. And so, yeah, I took like a diagnostic class and like family therapy and like all the, all the different things. And um, yeah, so I was in private practice from 2011 until now. So a mm-hmm. long time. Um, and I went full-time in 2012. And then I think it was a combination of you know, my own journey. So like I was in a long-term relationship that ended and the sex life had gotten pretty stale to be fully honest. And I had kind of been trying and he was not, (laughs) I was like, let's try this or that. I think he just felt kind of emasculated by the whole discussion and just Mm -hmm. kind of like retreated. And it was not like a criticism of him or anything, but he just, just engaging in it kind of made him uncomfortable. And then, um, 
afterwards I was like, I am free now to do whatever I want and like explore whatever I want. Like maybe that's good because if I had just stayed with him forever, you know, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. So part of it was that. And then part of it was, um, my clients in general. So even, you know, before becoming a certified sex therapist, all therapists, you know, somewhat deal with sex. Some clients are going to bring it up, you know? So I had a couple of clients where one, one interesting thing was with both of them, there was an overlap between uh, substance abuse and sexuality. Mm. So really seeing that connection was interesting because it helped me like drive home, like how important uh, being comfortable with our sexuality is and our sexual identity. Hearing in, in your practice, like you, you had people who had like healthy expressions of things that they wanted in sexuality and they're yeah. coupling it with the negative and all that stuff. It sounds like you kind of wanted to pull that out and say, Hey, let's, let's focus on that without all the other stuff. Right. Yeah. Like it would be nice. I'm like, what if you were just okay with your sexual desires? Right. Like, like what, what if that's the baseline, you know, but there's a lot of work to do with that when you've been given messages that like, mm, this is weird or that's not okay. Or you're not going to, your family's going to like disown you or, you know. So it, you know, we talk about, you know, coming out in, in different, you know, like sexual identity in all the different areas and coming out maybe with different sexual needs and desires, mm-hmm. regardless of what kind of your identity is. Yeah. It sounds like that. Is that a part of what you were trying to kind of explore as you started moving into your own practice and helping people kind of fulfill these type of things? Yeah, I think it took, you know, some of those experiences, some of my own experiences to realize the need and also that I was just kind of naturally good at like being the safe space for that. I'm like, nothing really phases me. Like you're not going to shock me. Um, I think I make people feel surprisingly comfortable even when they kind of come in a little nervous and, and then I realized, but so here's the, the catch a little bit. It was like, it would be a lot of work to become a certified sex therapist. You're like, okay, so I have to like enroll in a program. It's like at university of Michigan, I got like drive up there. Um, you know, I gotta get like 18 months of supervision. This takes a lot of time. This takes a lot of money. And so I think realizing that there's the demand for it, um, is what really kind of pushed me over that should be like, okay, I could spend like 50 bucks for my continuing ed, or I could invest like many thousands and do this certification. And so I was like, okay, like there is the need for it. This will be good. You know, I'm going to stop taking insurance because I'm going to be more of like a niche, you know, person now. So, so it all kind of worked out. Um, yeah. And it's fun. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, just kind of give us a quick glimpse onto that world. So Mm -hmm. at certified sec, is this just is it just verbal or is there more hands-on? Is it more of a experience type of thing? Yeah. So it's, I mean, so I practice as a coach. Um, most certified sex therapists would practice as a therapist, but you know, you're still bound by all the ethical guidelines, mm. you know, when you're practicing as a therapist. Um, so you can think of it like talk therapy, just mm. that's focused on sex. There are other professions like um, like a, maybe a somatic or sexological body worker where it might be like some hands-on components mm-hmm. as well. Um, I also have a client where I work with a surrogate partner. So they are part of the th- therapeutic relationship. So the three of us actually then work together. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of working on, you know, the mental and psychological parts. Um, the surrogate partner is working on like actual physical touch and like intimate relationship, but it's a slow progression. It's not just like, okay, I'm hiring this person. I'm gonna have sex with them tomorrow. No, it's like exploring 
consent, the wheel of consent and like practicing different touch exercises of like what feels safe in your body and like what feels arousing. And, you know, it depends on what the goals are. But as I learned about the surrogate partner process, I was like, everyone should get to have this experience. I was like, what if everyone got to have like such a safe container that was truly educational where you kind of couldn't be judged, you couldn't be rejected. And someone was just like holding this space for you to get to know your body and how you want to show up as a sexual person. I think it's awesome. So kind of tying that in to your work. And we talked a little bit earlier about like mindfulness and being more present and aware Mm -hmm. um, in, in your sexual experience. Yeah. How can that really contribute to, I guess, more accepting of, of yourself, but being more present, just being more present in the whole experience mm. um, with you or your partner? Yeah. I mean, I think intention is a big part of it. So I think just kind of going in, because it's, I think it's easy to kind of be like, I was in the middle of watching the show and I got this thing to do for work. And like, what are we cooking for dinner? Like, I got to get up early, you know, to have all these detractors. So I think just having an intention, you know, like I want to show up. I want to be curious about my partner. I want to, you know, please them. I want to have fun. I think taking the pressure off of orgasm too can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people um, who have, you know, either premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction or difficulty orgasming. And the more we can just focus on pleasure and connection, because, because really, if, if you just wanted to get off, you could masturbate. Right. So I kind of feel like if you're going to be with another person, it's really because you want to connect. So I think keeping that in mind, I think having that intention and when things come up that detract from that, like a meditation, just kind of bring it back. So it's like, okay, here's yeah, this person. I, I, a lot of people talk about, um, you know, so you've mentioned some of the sexual dysfunction, all mm-hmm. that type of thing. A lot of it you hear about is anxiety. And so mm-hmm. the minute, the minute you are anxious about something, it turns off all your sexual functions, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's short, short circuits. You can't think and feel right th- at the same time. Do you find yeah, that with, with your clients? I do. And I mean, everyone's different. So this is kind of fascinating. But in general, I would say we have two versions of our nervous system, right? We kind of have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So uh, the sympathetic is like fight or flight. And you're like, oh my God, I'm being chased by a bear. I have to like run and do this and do that. And a lot of us live in that state most of the time. (laughs) You know, there's no bears chasing us, but it might be like a boss or money concerns or whatever it is. And so then shifting into parasympathetic, that's where we have like rest and digest and sex. So we kind of, I think relaxing first can be so, so helpful. So if you know, you're kind of in like go, go, go mode, or just like everyone wants a piece of me and I'm like touched out and, you know, sex is just like a chore. I don't have time for it. You know, to first spend some time relaxing, do a breathing exercise, meditate together. You could do like a tantric breathing thing where you just like, hold eye contact and like one inhales as the other exhales and you know then the other one exhales and you inhale it's like kind of this beautiful cyclical breathing that can not only connect you but take you out of fight or flight too no but i just it was surprising you said you know rest digest sex yeah it's just part of a a basic human condition or uh, right you know what i mean i'm not instinct um yeah instinct right it's just part of who we are it's just that's what you do Mm-hmm. as a species. I don't think most of us think of it that way. 
I don't probably not because you're also not going to die without sex. It's not like, you know, food and shelter and that kind of thing. But um, but I do think it makes sense if you're being chased by a bear, your body doesn't think that sex is that important. Of course. (laughs) So it's like you have to kind of get a little bit into that other mode so that you can be open to sex. Well, you talked about some some great suggestions here, some tips like when you are with your partner, I think that's a really great idea is especially if the other person is maybe a little woo woo with you, you know, yeah. <laughs> how you can like, you know, kind of part of your you know experience is like deep breathing, kind of getting into the mode, you know, that's why yeah. kind of listen to, people listen to like relaxing music and things like that, mm-hmm. right. To kind of mm-hmm. calm you down. Is there anything particular in addition to what you're talking about that you can set the stage for a better experience with you and your partner? Yeah. I mean, I think massage is another one that can kind of, you know, be relaxing. I also think so those are more on the kind of physical side, like breathing and massage. I also think on the, you know, just more verbal communication side saying like, how do you want to feel? You know, so someone might be like, I want to be really submissive and just like, have you do everything, you know, and someone might be like, Ooh, let's do a role play. I want to feel, you know, naughty or I want to feel um, playful or, you know, how, like, how do you want to feel? So I, I think having that intention can really help clue you in to, where's my partner at mentally? Cause sometimes it's like, if we don't take the time to realize like where their head is at, we might just be like on the wrong page. I mean, just so verbal communication, you're like with somebody and kind of just sharing what you need instead of going through and kind of guessing what the other person wants. And even when you're- You do a lot of guessing in sex. It seems like a waste of time, right? I mean, <laughs> it's not a waste of time, but you're, you could be missing some great opportunities. I would, yes, I think that's accurate. You could be missing some great opportunities. So sometimes I think people are hesitant to ask about sex because they're embarrassed and they feel like they should know everything. Hmm. But really, I think like the master lovers are going to be the ones who just ask, you know? It's as simple as that. You're right. Like, what's going to get you off? How do you want to feel, you know? And how do you, uh, part of the communication, like you said, is consent. So, yeah. And what what does that look like when, you know, even with somebody that you're your regular partner or whatever? Because yeah. maybe different days, there's different experiences that you want, like you said. Right. Uh, so how do you just, it's just, again, just talking about establishing, you know, some guidelines. Is there anything you would suggest? Right. Um, I do. Yeah. I think sometimes there's a, there's a level of individual work that needs to be done. So it's been interesting for me doing this job because they're, you know, sometimes are married couples where, you know, one partner is kind of pressuring the other partner into like what they really want. And part of it's because they're afraid they're not going to get it or they're afraid they're not going to be able to express some part of who they are. And so it's it's because they're not actually comfortable with Mm. who they are and they haven't done that inner work. So taking the time to do the inner work, I think is really important to kind of, and to have a safe space. So, you know, find a sex therapist. There's a directory at asec.org. I can give you the link, Sean, so you can put it in the show notes if you want, but like, like find someone who's a safe space to do this work because we need to start doing it as a mm. society. So that, that's one thing that helps with consent. And then I think the other thing is, um, yeah, if you want to try something new, especially ask, you know, like, Hey, I'm kind of thinking about this. I think this would be really hot. What do you think? And I know this year, I think it was this year, maybe last year, you started your own podcast. I did. Ask a Sex Therapist. I think yeah. it's amazing. I've binged a bunch of episodes. Oh, What's thanks. so exciting about that show for you? And how do you think that really helps you help people? Well, you might have picked up on the fact that I'm a little bit chatty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't pick that up yeah. at all. 
Yeah. So I like having an outlet for that. Um, and it's, it's really fun interviewing people. You know, I get to meet some great people. Um, and I get to talk about some things that don't get talked about otherwise. So it's really fun getting feedback from people who are listening, um, and kind of like, Oh man, that was great. You had a comedian on that was so fun. Or, you know, Oh, wow. I really liked the episode on how to feel sexy. And I'm like, thank you. So it's just, it's, it's a nice feeling of fulfillment. Uh, but also kind of the creative outlet and connection with guests. And I totally encourage people to watch it. And one thing I mentioned to you earlier is you have very specific t- topics. So you can really jump around at something that really hits you, you know, yeah. on, on kink and and some, some things that maybe a lot of people don't know about it. And you make it very accessible. Thank and, you. and the way that you do the questioning is really cool too, because there's some pretty provocative questions that come out there. And hey, you're like, hey, I'm just I'm answering them. You know, you asked them. I'm going to answer them. <laughs> yeah. They might the be listener a little... questions. Yes. Yeah. They, they might be I out kinda, there. Yeah. Like they do not hold back of the questions. I'm like, all right, let's go there. Let's go yes. there. Yeah. I mean, we would go through some of those questions. This is probably not the right format for, for that, but not. I'm going to point you right to, <laughs> to Heather's show. Well, Heather, thank you so much. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we kind of wrap up today? No, I would just, you know, yeah, go check out the Ask a Sex Therapist show if you're curious. And um, I think what you're doing here is great, Sean. So thanks for having me on and thanks everyone for listening. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.